0: While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swinger high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand around the ring you go. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe from any deputy gal to Georgia. In honor of Abraham Lincoln's birthday, I'm going to share with you a story that I had recorded for a different podcast, but it's a good story on Abraham Lincoln. This is Abraham Lincoln's duel. The banking system in Illinois was a mess. It was 1842 and the state bank was in trouble. The people were still in the throes of a severe recession. Land had begun to open up for sale where previously there had been Native American tribes, and much of that land was bought on credit. It was an early American financial bubble, and when it popped, the lack of a central banking system made it almost impossible for the government to deal with the effects. Let's just say, it was a mess. Enter the Bankruptcy Act of 1841. This was the first time a United States citizen could voluntarily declare bankruptcy. This is how you did it. I declare bankruptcy! Lincoln, as a young lawyer, spent a lot of time handling bankruptcies and saw close up the effect it had on the people of Illinois. Many people had money in the form of banknotes, which had lost value, and now the state auditor, James Shields, worked with the governor and treasurer to require that tax payments be made in gold or silver instead of banknotes. Lincoln and Shields, who were members of different political parties as well, began to publicly debate how to solve this crisis, but not everything was done out in the open. A newspaper called the Sangamo Journal, a paper favorable to Lincoln's Whig Party, began publishing a series of letters from a farmer's wife named Aunt Rebecca. The first one was most likely written by Mary Todd, who would later become Mary Todd Lincoln, and it caused quite a stir. The second letter was written by Lincoln himself. Aunt Rebecca praises the paper for publishing her first letter, saying that it will make her renowned throughout the world and bring attention to what was happening in what she called the Lost Townships. She then describes an amble to a neighbor's house to visit, where she meets Jeff sitting on the steps reading the paper. Jeff complains that he has a tax bill and a school bill due and even though he had recently sold his wheat crop, he lacked the gold to pay those bills. The two decry the salaries of the governor, the treasurer, and Mr. Shields. Jeff places the blame for the crisis on Shields and specifically calls him a fool and a liar, and not even a very good liar. It's a long letter. And Shields is further called a traitor to his party. Aunt Rebecca calls for Shields and others to be voted out. Take that letter, cut it down to about a third of its length, change a few names, and it's any Facebook post. Shields wrote a letter back to Lincoln in which he says, I have been the object of slander, vituperation, and personal abuse. He explains that the editor of the paper identified Lincoln as the author and Shields demands a retraction with a thinly veiled threat. Lincoln wrote back with a technicality. The editor may have pointed the finger at Lincoln, but there was no proof that it was him who wrote the letter. It went back and forth and ended up where this sort of thing usually ends up. Shields challenged Lincoln to a duel. Lincoln backtracked a little and offered a compromise where he would admit authorship of the letters if Shields would retract what he wrote in his letters. But Shields wouldn't give in, and the duel was on. Where do you fight a duel in 1842? Well, there was an island in the Mississippi River known as Bloody Island. It was more of a sandbar, and it was not clearly in Missouri or Illinois jurisdiction. Several duels had been fought there, and this is where Lincoln, Shields, and their seconds gathered to set the terms for the fight. A plank of wood was set on its side and put in the ground. Neither man could cross this line. Also, another set of lines were drawn just a few feet back from the board. Anyone crossing those lines would be admitting defeat. These were Lincoln's terms. As the one challenged, he got to set the rules. He also got to choose the weapons and chose broadswords. Seriously, cavalry broadswords. Don't fight Abraham Lincoln with a sword. He was considerably taller than his opponent and could reach further. With the lines on the ground, both combatants were restrained to stay in a certain area, and Lincoln could reach into that area easily, whereas Shields couldn't. Shields realized that he would never get close enough to strike, so he called a truce, the two shook hands, and the duel was off. Shields moved on to a solid career. He was appointed to the Illinois Supreme Court, then served as a senator from Illinois. He also fought as a brigadier general in the Civil War. He has a statue in the U.S. Capitol building on the opposite side of the mall from Lincoln's statue. That's the way we do it down in Georgia Everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low The alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe From an adept pretty gal to Georgia That's all